You're listening to The Comics Hall with Amy and Paul, Sideshow's very own comic book podcast. Join us as we celebrate New Comic Book Day every week and discuss the latest releases, the biggest announcements, and more from your favorite publishers. What's in your comics hall? Hey, everybody. I'm Amy. And I'm Paul. And welcome to The Comics Hall. We are live today telling you all of the latest releases for Wednesday, February 3rd. We're at the top of the month and the independent comics publishers are kicking it out of the gate with lots mm-hmm. of new number ones. So we've got a lot of stuff to share with you guys this week. But before we do, let's hop into some comic book news. Yes. And right up top before we get into comic book news, we have a giveaway to announce the winner of, Amy. <laughs> So it's not, a, it's not an active giveaway, but we do have the winner for a very exciting giveaway that we hosted last week with Gem Mint Collectibles, who, if you guys didn't <laughs> yes. see that episode, please check that out. It was a fabulous discussion about omnibus editions, comic book reading, general cool stuff, but we do have a uh, <laughs> general cool stuff. We do have a really great uh, a uh, giveaway prize to announce the winner of. So, Paul, do you want to? Yes, so a huge congratulations to Lacey W., who won the incredible um, Wolverine 110 scale by Iron Studios, which is part of that insane diorama that uh, all three of us are very jealous of. So uh, congratulations, Lacey W., uh, who has already been contacted and is super stoked. But And if you're watching the show, seriously, congratulations. Uh, Again, we're very jealous. And And, and again- I was gonna say a huge thank you to Gem Mint for, um, you know, not entering a billion times for that and letting someone <laughs> else win, and also working with us on that uh, that giveaway. That was an awesome, fun show. Yeah, and if you guys didn't get to check it out, we do have the video playback as well as the podcast format, which always goes live the Thursday after the Wednesday show. Mm-hmm. Uh, check that out after this show because if you're already here, why not le- uh, why not stay? Because we got a lot of cool stuff to announce. Uh, but that's also just you never know what's gonna go on on the comics hall. But uh, in the world of comic book news, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. Uh, Dark Horse Studio, uh, Dark Horse Comics has partnered with uh, Unique Studios. So late last week, Dark Horse Comics announced that it has acquired the rights to exclusively publish the comics library of Unique Studios, which is an indie comic book publishing company uh, founded by the Ni- Nigerian-born creator Roya Okupe. Uh, and it is this really cool endeavor that he's been kind of doing... Uh, not silently, but just hasn't received a ton of acclaim, but he has uh, created high quality stories featuring extensive featuring an extensive library of original African superhero characters. He has a rotating cast of incredible artists that work with him and he has been building a superhero universe and it has been built over the course of a number of years with 10 different successful Kickstarter campaigns. So uh, with this deal with dark horse, dark horse will uh, exclusively distribute 10 different books of the Unique Studios lineup. Uh, they have announced the first four of these titles and those will hit shelves September this year. So if you are looking for a really cool independent superhero universe, definitely check out uh, Dark Horse and Unique Studios. There's some great press releases and you can find the exact specific titles that are being uh, distributed through this deal. Mm-hmm. So moving along over to DC, which uh, I think has... I'd say an established superhero universe. Uh, Batman artist Jorge Jimenez took to Twitter to tease a radically different new look at Dr. Jonathan Crane 
also known as Scarecrow. The image was colored by Tom Amori and features Scarecrow in a long, trunked mask that looks like a cross between a respirator and a plague doctor mask. Uh, he wears long burlap. Uh, he wears a long burlap robe, and his fingers are strapped with fear toxin syringes. Um, that, if you played any of the Arkham games, is very reminiscent of that. So I think um, that's why I sort of. I had a a freak out about how beautiful that was. It's, I told Amy it is now my phone background. <laughs> my dog will have a million more pictures, but there's only one Jorge Jimenez, uh, you know, art background there. So uh, we're really stoked for that. And fans can see more of Scarecrow in James Tynan the Fourth's and Jorge Jimenez's Batman run on. Uh, I think it's picking back up in Batman One Hundred Six. That's all post future state. All right. Now uh, this one's a little bit unconventional. Um, but if you are maybe subscribed to some newsletters like Kieran Gillen's updates or Chip Zdarsky's, or if you follow Chip Zdarsky on Twitter, you might have seen to celebrate the release of his Eisner winning Comixology original series Afterlift. And uh, this is a it debuted on Comixology uh, a year or two ago and won Eisner's, obviously, but Dark Horse now does have a um, a an exclusive distribution deal with some comicsology originals so afterlift is hitting shelves this week but uh to celebrate chip zadarsky has created his own book trailer for the release <laughs> and a lot of publishers are getting into releasing uh semi-animated motion graphic trailers with some cool music to kind of get you into the sense of the story uh some are calling this the best comic book trailer ever it features Star Wars scrolling text, it features <laughs> typos, and it features a score that is Bring Me to Life by Evanescence, and you kind of have to see it right. to believe it. Um, Afterlift is a really fun, fast-paced story about the rideshare from hell, uh, written by Zadarsky with art by Jason Liu. You can check out that trailer on Zadarsky's Twitter. It is worth a watch. It's only about 52 <laughs> seconds, but it yeah, is 52 it's... seconds of your life that you will never regret. Mm -hmm. uh, you'll never you'll never want to get back yeah i promise it's worth never... <laughs> it it's so good yeah and just wait till the dark horse logo hits at the end that's yep. that's the true cinematic uh mm -hmm. clincher but uh afterlift is available in print this week thanks to dark horse comics so keep an eye out for that a fantastic story that is now available in print yep very very stoked for that so um Back over to DC news. Uh, so to coincide with the release of Future State Wonder Woman number two, DC Comics has dropped an uncolored preview of the cover to Joelle Jones Wonder a Wonder Girl number one coming in May, as well as an unlettered preview of Infinite Frontier number zero. The series will follow the life of Yara Floor, uh, who was we were who introduced fans of Future State event as the newest Wonder Woman. Uh, the new ongoing series will be written and drawn by Jones with. Colors by Jordi Belair and lettering by Clayton Cowles. So two people who do not work. <laughs> I, oh no, who do work? That's all they do. Is I'm so sorry. Like they're who like, do not sleep. <laughs> I say who do not sleep because all they do is work. Jordi Belair and uh, please, please do not beat me up. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, Clayton Cowles and Jordi Belair are constantly working. There's some of the people that me and Amy always say like we don't know how they. Ever sleeper, you know, they're always on, they're on every book across so many different publishers. It's wonderful. Yeah. And Jordi Belair has also been doing writing and, and art. And so it's just all over the place, multidisciplinary comic book creators. Uh, so that's a lot of fun. So that's a lot of news going on this week. A lot of mm -hmm. Dark Horse, a lot of DC, uh, great stuff going on. Um, so next up, we've got the return of a favorite. We've got our panel of the week showdown. And this week, 
just for funsies, we decided to do uh, Battle of the Ghost Riders, but specifically, we limited it to Johnny Blaze, because mm-hmm. there are so many Ghost Riders out there, and I really wanted to do the Ghost Rider who rides a flaming woolly mammoth, but, you know, you kind of, you got to compare motorcycles to motorcycles, mm-hmm. can't do Hell Chargers, can't do Flaming Mammoths, so we you went head to head on Johnny Blaze. Mm-hmm. So I'll kick us off with my panel here. Um Thank you, Chris, for bringing that up, sir. So mine is from the Ghost Rider solo series from 2006. It's Ghost Rider number one, uh, written by Daniel Way, pencils by Javier uh, Salteres, and colors by Dan Brown. And we see the we see Ghost Rider sort of, uh, you know, I'm assuming I, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but he's escaping and he's got a fan favorite person, you know, on his person as well. Um, that was very confusing. This this ring light must be super bright today because it is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's an awesome, awesome panel. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm glad that we got to do Johnny Blaze specifically because I don't know that much other than like Robbie Reyes. I was like, I know Johnny Blaze, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see, because I. The panel I immediately went for earlier, besides the uh, the one million BC Avengers, I went for something that was Danny Ketch. Uh, there are a lot mm. of spirits of vengeance. You get to Jason Aaron's run, and there's a bazillion different Ghost Riders. But I actually, speaking of Jason Aaron, went a little more uh, modern, a little uh, more recent with my panel, and I went for Avengers 22. Uh, this is from the Challenge of the Ghost Riders arc, and you see, uh, and now I'm glad Paul didn't disqualify me for this one, uh, I picked a panel that has Johnny Blaze challenging Robbie Reyes to a race, uh, okay. but Robbie Reyes is not in his spirit of vengeance form, and so I think it counts. Uh, but this is from an arc that features a number of Ghost Riders, including the Cosmic Ghost Rider Frank Castle. Uh, but this is kind of the essential Johnny Blaze uh, vying for the title of King of Hell uh, mm-hmm. on his on his uh, motorcycle. So uh, this was uh, art by Stefano Caselli and Alberto Jimenez Albuquerque as well. Right. Yeah. So, so you voted. And it was close. This was, I think, undoubtedly our closest, uh, closest poll yet. Like there, the numbers were like a fraction off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think so. I don't, I, I didn't get the final tally, but I'm like 99% sure it was off by eight votes across two platforms that's instagram and then the let your geek side show facebook group where we also um have votes so the winner and i think tying it up for this year drum roll amy chase and your panel congratulations that's an awesome panel honestly yeah that is that's such a cool panel i mean um you could have just cropped robbie reyes out but i mean if you if you needed robbie reyes to help you win then you know what do it (laughs) <laughs> I'm not bitter at all. You know, it was a challenge of the ghost writers that we hosted ourselves and I decided to come correct. So thank you guys all for voting. Sure I even voted for your panel, Paul. So you can't you be did. too sad about it. I uh, voted for my <laughs> panel too, which <laughs> I still but, didn't help. Uh, we will have another panel of the week challenge for you guys. We'll post that up in the Facebook group uh, later this week or uh, at the start of next week. Just keep that keep that nice uh, tight turnaround on the races. But we have our, our weekly haul segment. Uh, yes, we to sure fire do. Up. Yeah, we've got a uh, weekly haul. We're back to form. This is a start of the month. We've got a lot of stuff to talk about. But at the top of the month, 
um, we're going to reintroduce a segment we haven't seen in a while. We've got our cover story Yes. Uh, to explain for you guys a little something you might see on the shelves when you go to your local comic book store. Uh, some familiar Image Comic number ones, but they have a new banner attached to them uh, as Image Comics is releasing eight different mm-hmm. Image Firsts this week. Now, mm-hmm. you may be familiar with the um, Marvel True Believers editions. I know that DC also does their dollar comics reprints. And so this is a reprint of a key or important issue that Image wants to encourage more people to have access to. Uh, and so this week, the stories that they are reprinting for their Image Firsts that only cost you a dollar, and it's the it's the entire uh, original issue with a new uh, kind of cover stripe to indicate that it's a, a reprinting. Right. We've got Ascender. Uh, we've got Bitterroot, mm-hmm. which is, uh, we've got a couple of Comics Hall fan favorites here. We've got Die, Jupiter's Legacy, Philadelphia, Mercy, Old Guard, and Undiscovered Country. Mm-hmm. Now, now, one of the fun... Oh. I was going to say, a lot of those we've we've either read or we've covered specifically on this show, which is, which is nice to see them get these, you know, these dollar, um, these dollar comic treatments does make me feel a little old and like a little (laughs) bit like time is fleeting and meaningless, but it is really cool to see. Yes, we have. I know that we've covered Bitterroot. We've covered Die, Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. Mercy, Undiscovered Country. Uh, But all of these are fantastic reads that Image wants you to be able to check out for a reason. Uh, Specifically, Jupiter's Legacy is going to have uh, a, I believe, Netflix series if it's not Amazon Prime. Uh, Part of that Frank Miller Netflix deal that happened, I think, 400 years ago. Old Guard is absolutely killing it right now. Mm-hmm. So popular that it's actually going to get an anthology series that was announced earlier this year. Um, so yes. you can check out this uh, series if you've checked out the Netflix film. Um, Bitter Root is an Eisner winner. Just a lot of fan favorite stuff. And we also want to point out our lovely moderator, Jasmine, has a link to the Image Firsts mm-hmm. section. Of, or not... Um, but free first issues, which was something right. that we highlighted uh, back during the kind of publishing halt of 2020. Um, a lot of these issues are also available to read for free first issue online. However, if you want a physical copy, you can uh, obtain that for a reduced price from your local store. The only one of these that is not available for free reading is a sender, but you can either pick these up at your local store uh, or you can... Um, Check them out on the Image Comics Read Free First Issues link that Jasmine will be providing. Mm-hmm. Lots of great stuff there. There's, I, I want to say there's almost 30 or 40 other books that you can check out for free. Um, first issue, and if yeah. you're so inclined, you really like it, either add the series to your pull or a lot of the series are finished. So you can uh, order the trade paperback copies that Image is so good about providing. Um, now, Chris, if we could pull up the – let's pull up the Bitterroot cover just so people can get a look at what the – actual banner looks like so there you go you guys see the image logo and the image firsts otherwise it is the first issue first printing style cover um with that uh special banner and there is also one of these for philadelphia that we pulled a reference to mm-hmm. um just picked these because these were uh paul and my some of our favorite series of the <laughs> last year uh, just again just a great opportunity to have comics accessible to you and these also make a nice like um, kind of bundle gift for a friend who right, you totally. might be trying to persuade to read a book. Mm-hmm. It's funny. I feel like we've come full circle from when we first got into 
quarantined and we did the show and we were talking about how like oh you know these are great gifts like we were dropping these same links and it's nice to know <laughs> that we're coming up on our uh, at home anniversary for this show uh in the same way but also i wanted to mention you know along the same vein of those image first there was another sort of something in in the same realm that came out by image as well and it's graphic fantasy number one it's a facsimile edition which is the first appearance of quite a few of images you know they're uh they're different uh superhero line but mainly savage dragon so mm. savage dragon uh you know wildly wildly popular um so that facsimile edition is out right now i believe it's 9.99 and it's it's like 80 pages something along those lines and it's uh yeah it's out there now i think graphic fantasy um number one and two came out today specifically uh for image so if you know Pick that up, pick up, honestly, pick up Philadelphia and pick up Bitterroot. We promise you, you will not regret it. And again, Jazz has dropped those links for you guys. Um, take a tasting course, you know, with all of these different books. We promise you uh, it's the best way, you know, if you're going to do it under the roof of Image Comics, it's the best way to really, you know, kind of wane out and see what you want to read and uh, sort of also introduce yourself to all these new writers and readers who've since maybe that book has come out, have gone on to do so many other books. And it's a great introduction to not only their work, but the work um, that they did for Image. So um, it's really great timing that that all came out today. Yeah. And I think Image Comics honestly has one of the better uh, formatted websites for a comic book publisher. Mm -hmm. uh, you can go directly to the store page for, um, if you like the first issue, you can go to the comic kind of the page it's hosted on and they have links available for you where you can order it or uh, locate a, a comic book store that would have it available or other book retailers uh, that carry their books. And so you can continue on, see all the covers that are available, just a really great package. And uh, they, they're, they're very mindful about letting you know when a book is rated 18 uh, and yes. up as well or mature. And, and actually the subject of comic book uh, rating levels will come back up in today's show because I have two vastly different, uh, rating level books to review for you guys today <laughs> so without further ado let's get into our aim segment uh it's an oldie but a goodie uh yes. haven't had an aim haven't had a true aim in a while uh so we'll refresh you guys if you are just joining us for the first time or you may have forgotten aim is mm -hmm. our system that we like to use to um evaluate the books for you we don't like to give a numerical grade because those are very subjective but mm -hmm. we've broken each book down into three key interest points a is the accessibility. One, how easy is it to grab and read? As in, how easy is it to get into the story? Is this a the 42nd issue in an ongoing series? Or is yeah. it number one you can jump right into? Also, is it widely available? Is it sold out? Is another printing coming? That is the accessibility. I is the interest. <laughs> I am the interest. No, I is the interest. <laughs> Who would like this book? Are there other similar similar titles we can recommend? If you are reading this, you would mm -hmm. also like this. Um who is the core audience for this title? And yeah. then M is the money or the monetary value. How much are you paying for this issue? How many pages are in this issue? Is this specifically priced up for any reason? Uh, we like to kind of give you the, the mathematical met metrics of what are you getting for what you're paying for the issue? Mm -hmm. So that is our aim system. So we're going to run down uh, each a couple of new number ones from uh, Dark Horse, Aftershock, and Boom Studios for you. So, Paul, you want to take it away? Let's do it. So, over um, from Dark Horse, the book that I will be aiming today is Fear Case 
number one. Uh, this is written by Matt Kent and art by Tyler Jenkins and colors by Hillary Jenkins. And I what I like to tell people is the pitch is a no-nonsense Secret Service agent and his new age partner investigate a mysterious box known as the Fear Case, which has appeared throughout history at sites of disaster and tragedy. And it haunts everyone who is around that case. So uh, jumping right into it, the A, the accessibility, um, it is what we like to call on the show a true number one. I think almost all of the picks me and Amy have today are pretty much true number ones, which is yeah. nice. It doesn't happen very often anymore, but a fear case is a true number one. However, um, the when the FOC came out for this, the final order cutoff date from when you can order at your local shop and you know make sure you, uh, you can guarantee yourself a copy – by the time that that date had hit, there had already been a ton of orders for Fear Case, and I believe this was a book that, what I call it, uh, fell into the COVID chasm, where uh, it, it there just wasn't you know a lot of books coming out in the real bulk of the pandemic, and um, I think this book suffered from that as well because this book, issue one, before it even hit shelves, is already in going to second print, um, and. I, I, I'm really liking it. So the only reason I bring that up is because it may be a little harder to find at your shop. The, at my shop, luckily, again, fortunately, I had ordered ahead, but there weren't very many. Um, and especially any of the variants, if you're looking for any of the Tyler Jenkins variants, those also, um, they weren't really uh, very accessible, to be honest, because this book is uh, coming from Dark Horse, but it is still a smaller indie book. So if you wanted to pick this book up, please uh, call ahead, order it. However, as we like to say, you can still read it on Comixology as long as you buy it and you read it and you do it the right way. So you can still find it on Comixology if you just want to read it. But the I, the interest, um, I literally in my notes, I wrote history and true crime fans rejoice <laughs> <laughs> because it is so much fun. I love any book where it sort of alters or it all or it provides an alternate version of history think like uh the man in high castle type stuff but um it with but from a singular point of view of one object so uh winters and mitchum who are the two main characters in this book i don't know why this was the first thing <laughs> that came to mind but they definitely have an uh, elliot stabler and olivia benson relationship from law and order svu if you ever watched lenny <laughs> law and order um, where they're very hardened detectives, they're very good at their job, um, and they seem rather grumpy to the on the outside. But when they are in the confines of, you know, their police cruiser, well, they're this is in you know the Secret Service, but in their their car, which is you know their safe space, as they like to say, um, it's very obvious that they care for one another, and uh, it's a it's a really cool dynamic that Elliot Kalan has set up, and I'm again. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, that Matt Kinn has set up. And um, I'm really, really enjoying it. And I also had said in my notes, you know, thinking about like who who would like this book, you know, if you've watched anything, um, what could you relate to it? Honestly, if you are a fan of True Detective, the, uh, the HBO show, you will love this specifically season three, the Mahershala Ali season. Uh, I I mean, it it doesn't, you know... It's reminiscent of it, but it definitely has that ambience, that ambiance, I'm sorry, and that vibe of how dark that season really was and ended up being. 
also the outsider which is another hbo max show based on a stephen king novel uh it's it's all just very grim and very dark but from the perspective of two cops who are very very grounded in reality and refuse to believe that there is something supernatural or um as they as there's a comment in the book you know it's it's hard to believe that there's something i can't shoot with my gun is what the cop says and he can't point um he or i can't pull the trigger at it is what he says specifically um he doesn't like the the fact that there's a supernatural element so it's really really cool and um honestly tyler jenkins and hillary jenkins do a wonderful job of bringing like the dark gritty energy that uh, Los Angeles has, you know, and then, and they put it on the page and it's, it's really great. And it's only three ninety nine. And as far as I know, as far as what's been solicited, it is a mini series. I believe it's only three issues, but that's all that's been solicited. Of course, it's kind of open-ended. It may go on for six, may go on for nine, but right now it just goes on for three. Uh, it'll just go on for three issues and there's about 32 pages in this. So a lot of book. And there weren't any ads in between. So 32 pages of rating. Excellent. All right. Well, I'm going to take it over to something a little um, a little more colorful, but just as kind of sinister uh, nice. going on. I've got Luna from Boom Studios. Uh, this is written, drawn, and colored by Maria Yovette. Uh, and for those of you who may or may not be familiar, she previously worked on Heartbeat, and then she did Faithless with Brian Azzarello. Uh, but this is an entirely creator-owned, all-her-own uh, story um, debut for Boom Studios. And this, I believe, was pretty anticipated uh, from Boom Studios. So in terms of accessibility, your store should have uh, enough copies. But if not, um, I don't believe it has sold out at the distributor level. So you should still be able to order a copy. Uh, but the first thing I want to note is that Luna is suggested for mature readers. And there is adult situations in the book. Uh, so it's always a good reminder to check the rating on indie titles if you're not sure what you're getting into. Um, I know typically Marvel leaves the rating near the barcode. Uh, but for Boom Studios uh, Image Comics, sometimes you'll find it on the back. Uh, either just in the credits or if you see the cover A, cover B, cover C tag, there's usually a recommendation of this is for teens, this is for uh, mature readers. You want to make sure that you're not, uh, you know what you're getting into and you're not uh, exposing a younger reader necessarily to something. You wouldn't hand them alias that says warning parental advisory on uh, the cover. So Luna is the same. This is a mature book. Um, it's a beautiful book. Uh the first issue, I will say in terms of accessibility, it is it is everything you need to know is right there. It is a true number one, as we say on this show. However, you don't need to know a whole lot going into it, so you don't get a lot of story. You don't get a lot of answers in this first issue, so that might leave you feeling a little unsettled or a little empty when you get to the end of the story, but it is so beautiful, and there's so much going on. Very intriguing mystery. Uh, I think it's just, I think that feeling you're left with at the end of it is a perfect tone because this is a psychedelic 60s hippie cult story <laughs> um now interest again like i said this book is extremely dreamy it's very psychedelic you guys can if you're watching the live feed you can see behind me um there is an illustration it is a two-page spread that opens the book um if you are not watching you are listening on the podcast format you can check out si uh, sideshow.com Check out our blog that will go live at the same time as the podcast does. Uh, so you can check out all the covers and visual assets that we reference on this show. Uh, now, also, this is a great story if you like mysteries, if you like this kind of time period. And I genuinely can't think of another book 
that I have read that is like this. So if you know of any uh, kind of hippie cult comic books, shout them out. However, this book has heavy Midsummer vibes. So if you liked the film <laughs> Midsummer, I think you're going to love this. Um, nice. The closest that I can also think of is if you saw Bad Times at the El Royale, which I loved, the hippie cult that uh, Chris Hemsworth leads. Uh, it's got that got that vibe. They are the family of the sun. <laughs> and so the actually the story is about a woman named Teresa who uh, we see at the beginning of the series or story with a severe head wound. And she's lying in the desert left for dead. And then she wakes up having been found by the family of the sun. And it is a welcoming, loving environment. This is the place she's supposed to be. And everybody is very kind and understanding. There's dancing, there's drugs. And then she wanders a little too far onto their reserve, uh, finds a mystic cave. And there's there's some strangeness going on. Uh, but again, I feel like I can't spoil it because there are no answers to give. Uh, but this is such a beautiful, beautiful, weird, and hazy days book. Um, so if you're if this if any of that kind of '60s psychedelic uh, style interests you, I highly recommend it. And it goes hand in hand with the fact that the M, the monetary, is uh, $3.99, and it's a standard issue page count. But it's a five issue miniseries, so you know what you're getting, you know what you're subscribing to, uh, and you'll roughly end up paying about twenty dollars overall for the whole series by the time it is finished. But nice. Just a fantastic and fascinating little debut uh, by Maria Jovet. And I'm very excited to see where this one goes. I've got the whole series uh, on my subscription list. And there's, I wouldn't even say hints. If you're looking at the cover, you see, okay, there's there's blood and there's eyeballs and there's birds. And yes, those are in there. But I couldn't tell you all the things that they correspond to just yet. Because there is a mystery that is going to be unfurling over the next five issues. But I just thought this was a really beautiful debut. Um, the artwork is fun. The lines are loose. The coloring goes outside of some of the line art, which I love because it also oh, gives nice. you that idea of things are hazy around the edges. There's drugs, there's head wounds and trauma. And so you're not really quite sure what Teresa is seeing and you're not really sure what you are seeing uh, either while you're reading this story. So that is Luna, number one from Boom Studios. Nice. And that's what your background is, right, Amy? Yes, 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 yes. So it's a it, that is a really cool two-page dream sequence that does uh, – I'll move out of the way a little bit. It reincorporates oh. some elements from the cover. So you guys can see. I mean, we've got some – we've got the blood in the corner. We've got an eyeball. Uh, my favorite is this this lion eating a sun. Yeah. Which, uh, no idea what that's about. But it's in the it's in the issue somewhere. It's it shows up, and so it's just like, what is going on? I wish yeah, I had answers I'm... for you, but uh, <laughs> sometimes you know, sometimes it's good that you don't have all the answers up front. That's oh that, yeah. It's like it's like watching WandaVision. So many people are like, why can't I? Like, where's the story going? It's slow. I don't know what's happening. It's because you you get the installments piece by piece. The story is telling you exactly what it needs you to know <laughs> right when it's telling you. So egg. Exactly. I, I think the idea – see, I, I think we, Amy, as comic book readers or like, you know, um, periodic comic book readers are better fit currently for how they are going <laughs> to release all of these shows mm -hmm. because we're like, oh, you know, I'm not going to know anything until next month anyways. At least with WandaVision, all we got to wait is a week. Yep. That's why yep. I love The Boys because it was – I didn't – I you know, I like being able to watch the show Friday and then talk about it all weekend and then I know as much as everyone else does. Instead you of always... dodging everybody's hot takes that drop all at once. Uh, no, but I, I think it's fantastic. And it, it reminds me of, um, you know, comic book comic book store days anecdote back when I sold the Captain America that led into Secret Empire. And he said, mm. Hail Hydra for the first time. 
and people were throwing the book off their lists. They wanted to tell me that Marvel ruined Captain America. I said, <laughs> why, don't, why don't we wait for issue two? That was issue number one. Of course, they're going to sock you in the jaw on the last page. Let's wait till next month. So uh, <laughs> Una is definitely a wait and see book. But mm-hmm. I, I think if you are interested in any of the, the 60s, the hippies, the midsummer type vibe, you're definitely going to want to jump on this because nice. it will pass you by really quickly because it is a short series. Beautiful. Yeah, it's a beautiful cover. Um, all right. So moving along to the next book and the last book that I will be aiming today, which is Maniac of New York, number one by Aftershock Comics. This is written by Elliot Kalan and um, art by Andrea Moody. Um, four, so four years ago, four years ago, I'm sorry, a masked, a masked slasher began stalking the streets of New York City. Maniac Harry is his name. He's He is inhumane, unkillable, and unstoppable, which is why the authorities solution to it is just to ignore him and hope he goes away and let new yorkers adapt to a world where death can strike at any moment because it's what new yorkers do best and and so uh this is a wonderful book i i loved it the art is great um i i do want to say right up top there are uh this is a because amy is way better about this about like caring about other people you know that whole thing um (laughs) i i don't know if i've ever said like you know, warning, like this book is, can be triggering or this book is definitely rated M. Like this book is definitely rated uh, M for mature 100%. If you can't tell uh, by the cover, which is also my background here um, for people watching on the podcast, basically I'm listening on the podcast. My background is basically the cover, cover A of Maniac of New York. So um, th- this, this book is, is, is a lot, but if you can stomach some of it and if you're okay with it, I promise it is worth the read. It sets up, you know, quite a bit of mystery, and it definitely wasn't what I thought it was when I originally saw the solicitations and whatnot, which is always, always welcomed and always a good thing. So, um, as far as you know, getting into the aim segment of this, the A, the accessibility, it is another true number one most aftershock comics number ones are so far i don't think there's been one that hasn't been so um it is a true number one you don't need to know anything before jumping into this you can just jump right into this book but i will say as far as how easy is it to find it may not be that easy to find your shop may have got one or two so definitely call ahead um and maybe you can put it on if you read number one you want to put it on your pool maybe do that today after you read number one because while aftershock comics should be found everywhere in every shop and everywhere that I would, you know, get some reading uh, physically done, it is still a smaller release from a smaller publisher. So call ahead. Uh, But again, if you just want to read it, it's also available on Comixology right now. So you can find it there. Now, the interest of the book, um, the eye and aim. So I've, I've been excited about this book since the end of I believe it was issue number six of The Man Who Left Up Time. So this was uh, in the back of it, as most comics you know, uh, like to do. I haven't seen it so much from Marvel and DC these days, but like Aftershock, Vault, they're really great about sort of teasing new books in the back of um, whatever current title you're reading, maybe a preview. Um, and all they had was this image basically uncolored, and I was really stoked for it. Elliot Kalan is a hilarious writer. He's written for... Um, the Daily Show with John Stewart for the last couple of years. He's written. He actually wrote um, the uh, X Men, no Spider Man and the X Men book way back when. Amy, remember where Spider Man was a teacher? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He wrote that, 
cool. he's funny. He's he's got a great sense of humor, but also sort of he he does like the opposite of what some books tend to do, where they will sort of hang the joke over your head and then you've got like a serious serious moment and then they undercut it with a joke you know to sort of add levity he does the opposite so it's pretty funny and then out of nowhere like boom it gets real dark and real serious um and it's really fascinating to read um this book is definitely a uh, a mouthpiece for certain aspects of culture that he has witnessed so again just making you aware of that before you go into it it but it is still really great andrea moody uh, does a great job um of really capturing the best way i can explain it is how fast new york moves and <laughs> also how you don't recognize people because there's so like it's hard to recognize one face in a sea of faces and i think Muti really captures that uh, incredibly well. I, I love it so much. Um, it, this is a really sad but realistic story. But again, it, it does have some levity because uh, Elliot Kalan is known for his comedy. So he's it, it's, it is great, I promise. But again, I had mentioned earlier that it wasn't exactly what I thought. This definitely has like Friday the 13th vibes, like Jason Voorhees. Jason um, takes Manhattan. Jason takes Manhattan. Yeah, it's a uh, think sex in the city, but crossed with Friday the Thirteenth. No, I'm just kidding. It's not that at all. <laughs> uh, but it is Friday the Thirteenth vibe as far as uh, uh, maniac hair. Harry the maniac is his name. So um, think Jason Voorhees, but he does spin it on its head in a wonderful way, and and it is really, really, really great to see. And then also on the back end, it, it, it's sort of like. You know how in The Walking Dead they say, what is it, uh, fight the dead, fear the living? Um, it's very similar in this where it's like you're scared of Maniac Harry, but the real villain is like the bureaucracy of trying <laughs> to get things done. Um, that's, I mean, Anneli Kalan is, does a great job of doing that as well and just sort of showcasing how slow everything can move. And yet everything around you is moving so fast. Um, it's It's really great. But again, it is now in my pool. I am very, very excited for it. Definitely worth checking out if it is at your shop. Highly recommended. And then as far as the M in AIM, the monetary investment, it's $4.99, which is standard for an Aftershock number one. This is for sure a six-issue miniseries. And this is actually 38 pages. Uh, the next one will be 32 pages. So this one's a bit of an oversized. But um, about three pages of that are some of my favorite because it's the back matter of the page. And then there, there were fake essays written about, you know, the event and it's just really fun whenever there's that in world sort of, um, marketing, if you will. Uh, I, I don't want to spoil too much. Again, we are a spoiler free show and podcast, but, um, Please, please read all of the back matter um, at the end of Maniac of New York, number one, because I promise it's worth it. So, yeah, that's the aim for Maniac of New York. Um, it's really fun. I hope that sold it because I, you know, I don't make words as goodly as Amy. So, <laughs> uh, but I, it really is fun. It's a beautiful book to look at and it it does balance that, you know, real serious, like, okay, I see what you're telling us. And then, boom, you know, there is a, a really good uh, sense of humor you know, within this book as well. I really like that, uh, that push for the back matter. A lot of, a lot of these independent companies don't 
as often have a, a letters section. That's something more that you see in Marvel, I think, almost exclusively these mm -hmm. days. Though some independent titles will have uh, letters sections. But whenever they include the sketches, the pitches, a breakdown of the script, anything that's or anything that's in-world material, always worth a read. Uh, especially like if you're reading a Jonathan Hickman book, whether it's an X-Men or a Decorum, uh, just uh, all those pages, they're not just there for fun and vanity. They, they really enhance the storytelling. So, mm -hmm. Totally. Uh, and that's one of the advantages also of reading single issues over trade editions. A lot of trade editions will scrap certain uh, back matter material uh, in favor of maybe like a cover gallery. So it just depends on if, if you, if you care about mm -hmm. the, the extras, cause sometimes, you know, sometimes it doesn't matter. Uh, but that's, that's really fun that there's some in world stuff. Now I have uh, one last book to aim for you. I'm going back to boom studios for nice. Spectre inspectors. Number one, <laughs> uh, that's right. Spectre inspectors, uh, not frustrating at all to say, uh, but this is from the boom studios imprint boom box. So you may be familiar. Hmm. You may not be familiar. Boom studios is the overhead publisher. And they have uh, several breakdown, uh, smaller imprints. There's Boom Box, there is Kaboom, and then there is Archaea. Uh, so now Boom Box is their uh, experimental and gleeful comics publisher. They take a little bit more uh, out-of-the-box stories, and they cater to both younger readers and adult readers. Now this one is, I would say, uh, rated E10. <laughs> I don't think they go by game ratings, but I'm trying to – I don't think – explicitly teen book um this was written by bone mccurdy and caitlin musto and this has art by bone mccurdy as well so in terms of accessibility specter inspectors is again a true number one uh i would say it's about a middle grade young adult read but it is engaging for older readers as well it has a solid story it is very fun the characters are believable and have fantastic dynamics so if you like character pieces i think you'll enjoy this however this character piece does have a fantastic element of the supernatural overarching in the whole story the specter inspectors are a group of friends uh noah astrid gus and co and they are doing their best to make themselves a uh, internet sensation by investigating old uh, haunted locales and capturing evidence of ghosts and they are looking for their next big break they think they might have found it they're riding high off of some earlier success where they captured uh evidence of a ghost as they believe but Turns out that not all of the members of the team are, they, ha they don't all have the same idea about what they're there for, whether it's the fame, whether it's the evidence of the supernatural. Um, there's a lot of great stuff going on. And there is a great twist at the end of this issue. Unlike, and I'm not saying like, unlike Luna, which didn't have a twist, where Luna leaves you feeling disoriented, Spectre Inspectors gives a clear cut uh, twist of what the story becomes at the end of the first issue. I won't spoil it here for you, but it is not what i expected and i really enjoyed it, it uh, when a comic can surprise you you're like okay it's 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 a bunch of kids looking for ghosts like what's gonna happen uh really great little twist at the end of this opening issue in terms of interest this is basically a modern scooby-doo gang uh and it's nice. a ghost hunting story so if you like the scoobies um and even the buffy scoobies um then i definitely recommend it and if you if you know someone who's a fan of phasmophobia, I've been playing a lot of that game recently. Scared the pants off of me. This is a much less horrifying version of phasmophobia. But uh, if you're looking to get somebody in uh, who's maybe a gamer or or just a ghost hunting fan, um, I would recommend giving this book to them because it's it's a lot of fun 
when they go to set up their ghost hunting equipment and having played the game extensively now, I'm like, oh yeah, of course you're going you're gonna to set up the thermal scanners and the motion detector. <laughs> so that was a fun little bit. So maybe you have a, a, a middle schooler uh, who is a video game fan and you're interested in getting them into reading comics. I would highly recommend it. However, it's also just accessible for people who like supernatural stories. Um, even ghost facers uh speaking of supernatural if you're <laughs> that's if what you're, i was thinking of. if you're a fan of that it's, it's a little less ghost goofy. facers there is a there is an element of some of the group taking themselves very seriously hmm. in this noble and sometimes frightening endeavor uh but if you are a comic book reader the two closest titles i can recommend or say if you are enjoying these other titles if you like moonstruck from image comics with the kind of supernatural characters the very sweet uh, interpersonal dynamics of young adults with a, a touch of the supernatural. I would highly recommend it. And if you loved Lumberjanes, this is oh, nice. people going into a haunted locale. It might not be the same as the summer camp forest. But there's lots of strange stuff going on and the group dynamic from the first issue is so fantastic. There's there's some stories that when they introduce a big cast of characters, it's a little hard to get into the dynamics or they take time to establish the friendships, the relationships between the characters, but I think this is a great character piece. And if you loved Lumberjanes, you're looking for a little something to fill the void. Lumberjanes was also a Boom Studios endeavor, so I would highly recommend checking out Spectre Inspectors. And for the M, this is a $4.99 book, but it is oversized with over 30 story pages. Um, like Paul mentioned, there's some advertisements for other comics in the back. Uh, no, uh, no unique back matter in this one. Um, hmm. But Boom Studios does a great job of, of promoting other titles that are coming up. Also, where you can find their uh, their titles. There are some uh, retailers that are, I forget what the term is, but they're basically marked by Boom Studios as being guaranteed to carry every Boom Studios title. Um, mm. And so they point those out in a handy-dandy store locator in the back of the book. So you can check that out. It is also the start of a five-issue miniseries, though I do believe if it does really well, it probably has potential to be an ongoing series for Boom. But if you're looking for just a nice little way to dip your toes in with a fun supernatural uh, young adult read, I would check out Spectre Inspectors. I mean, because I checked it out and I had a lot of fun. So this it, and the art is just is just a lot of fun. So the um, Bowen McCurdy did the cover art as well. So what you're seeing on the outside is the same as what you'll see on the inside, and it's just a really Really neat little awesome. story without without giving too much away. It's it's a ghost hunting adventure. I literally wrote it down in my notes to ask you that. Oh, you can't see it. That question, if the cover art is the same as inside, because that cover is beautiful. Yes, cover I, art is the same as the the panels inside. I also love that you can kind of, like, immediately before you even read it, you can sort of get a, a, a tone, a, 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 like a gauge of everyone's personality just from the cover which is yeah. pretty great. That's always, I mean, that's fantastic. Yeah, it does. And, and yeah, having read the issue now going back, it's absolutely, that is kind of the, the group dynamic. And I just, uh, it was just so much fun. And, and I really liked the way that they kind of twist the story at the end. And again, I can't spoil it, but highly recommend you pick this one up. Um, I, I've loved everything I've ever read from Boombox and Archaea. Uh, don't have as much experience with Kaboom, but Boom Studios does a great job with their imprints, and and you can tell that they really allow the creative teams to focus in and tell the story that they want to tell. Right. Awesome. Yeah, yeah it's it's great. That that could even be those four. Just be the comics hall there. The guy with the camera is obviously Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one with the flashlight. <laughs> I'll That's be Noah. 
Co Co has the camera. Uh, Gus is grumpy. Astrid is purple hair, and then Noah is uh the flashlight. <laughs> yes, Jazz, and you yeah, are purple hair girl. <laughs> Jazz is definitely purple hair girl. <laughs> there we go. So we're gonna we need to make a comic now. That's uh, clearly us. I don't know. Maybe exploring a haunted comic book store. Um, would be great. Yes. Just oh my god, amazing week though. This is the biggest comic book week I've had in a long time. Even without the fun stuff mm -hmm. I picked up extra at the store, because <laughs> I they they have the Sandman Audible drama as CDs now, so I picked that up. Uh, if you like physical media, um, but this was my <laughs> biggest week in a long time. I think I had thirteen titles, uh, which I would have loved wow. to aim all of them for you guys. Uh, a lot of King and Black, mm -hmm. more Boom Studios got some new Buffy, so it's just it's just a good week. We have I love, a... the, I love the start of the month. You know. <laughs> I don't. This was not in our outline, but we have like two minutes. Probably we have like two minutes before we got to move on. Amy, do you want to do like rapid fire? Let everyone know what else you got. Sure. If you've got it, if you've got it in front of you, I, do you want me, do you want me to? I've got mine here. I've got mine too. You, okay. You start. You start. <laughs> oh, I was hoping you wouldn't call my bluff. Um. So, uh, what the <laughs> everything else that I picked up this week? Avengers number forty two, Star Wars: The High Republic number two, Strange Academy number eight, the next uh, Future State, the next Batman number three, Future State Wonder Woman number two. We are both very, very stoked for that. Uh, Man Bat number one, which is the first uh, non-Future State title you know, in DC that I've picked up in a, in, in a minute there. And then over on Image, Deep Beyond number one, it's Mark Andolfo's book, Fear Case, of course. I also, and I also picked up Luna. I think this week, Amy had more comics than me, which doesn't happen that often. Let's see. So you guys know that I had Luna, Inspector, Inspectors. I also picked up Buffy the Vampire Slayer number 22 from Boom Studios. Hopping over to DC, I've got Far Sector number 10, Future State Harley Quinn, and Future State Wonder Woman 2. Both of those titles will now be finished. That was Those were just two-parters. Um, I've got Avengers 42. I've got The King in Black, Return of the Valkyries number 2. I also picked up the variant cover, the Phil Noto. Yeah, uh, oh, with Hildegard beautiful. on the cover. I got King and Black Marauders. That's a one-shot related to the X-Men title. Uh, I got Runaways number 33, Strange Academy number 8, X-Factor number 7, and it was from last week, but my copy didn't come in until this week. I got Stake number 1 from Scout Comics, which is another vampire hunting story because huh. I'm on a vampire kick right now. You should watch um, Buffy. I, You know, I should. I really should. I think you'd like um, it. So that was – it's going to take me a while to get through all those books, but I'm very <laughs> – very excited and wonder girl is going straight onto my pull list after oh, I yeah. finish, uh wonder woman mm -hmm. future state too very excited about that heck yeah all, all right. right so back to our outline that you worked <laughs> so hard on <laughs> back to the, the regular show structure we took it off the rails there for a sec you know us we're crazy <laughs> um so we are back to form and we actually have our holler at the hall responses from two weeks ago when was yeah, that when like the, two uh, weeks ago when the wind cut our power, uh, right. we, didn't, we wanted to make sure that your guys' answers, your very thoughtful answers to our great question, mm -hmm. uh, if we do say so ourselves, got some airtime. So <laughs> we kept it uh, the same. We asked you guys, which comic book artist got you into first reading comics, whether they were your first favorite or they inspired you after a time away? Who was the comic artist? And you might remember we did ask this about writers, but this mm -hmm. time it was straight up artists. And you guys had some great responses. Sure did. Um, so Adam Bunch had said, Jim Lee due to the x-men animated series style um used to spend all of my paper route money google it kids at my comic <laughs> slash card shop adam's always got a great answer so you can google it or you can check out paper girls the true life account of everybody who's ever uh delivered newspapers <laughs> amy chase always working always you know there's always a comic book to connect oh mm -hmm. abc always be connecting it's comics. like you and 
Starbucks, respect the grind, you know, but <laughs> grind isn't coffee. <laughs> Next answer, Rachel Hallam said, John Cassidy really drew me into reading and collecting series and storylines with the launch of Astonishing X-Men. Prior to that, I'd mostly just read bits and pieces from everything. I, I get that. <laughs> I, was a, I was a bits and pieces girl. Oh my goodness. Can you believe the shock on my face when I discovered that comics released once a week but also monthly i just would pick up books and be like this is cool i didn't realize there was ongoing stories oh my god i could just point and laugh at myself back in 2012 not having a single blessed clue about how comic book stores worked and before you knew it you were working in one yeah so uh blair uh Busey said i grew up on the cartoon i grew up on cartoons and didn't really start reading comics until adulthood so, while not primarily a comic artist, Bruce Timm's art has always been a found has been foundational for me. But in actual comics, Jim Lee is the first artist whose work I loved enough to actively seek out other books that he had drawn. Uh, I'm sure that answer is shared with a ton of people. Jim Lee's a you know a, he's a legendary artist. Yeah, absolutely. And then we have 14 Wellington said Mike Zack equals his. Mike Zack equals his Marvel covers and work on the Punisher series and Craven's Last Hunt were all amazing, but it was his artwork on The Hands of Shang-Chi, Master of Kung Fu, that really got me back into regularly reading a Marvel title, as it was the only book that I knew of at the time to feature an Asian character. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, Mike Zack is great. And he also, 14, thank you so much, provided a photo, I believe, of Mike Zack signing a book for 14. Uh, we didn't have time to put it in the outline today, uh, this time, but seriously, thank you so much for sharing that. If you go to the Let Your Geese Head Show Facebook group, head over to announcements and scroll down just a tiny bit, you'll see all of the responses that um, were shared there, and they were all wonderful. We wish we had the time to share all of them, but thank you to everyone who had responded, and thank you for your patience in letting us get to that. Yeah. Um, now, before we get to our next question for you guys, uh, Jasmine, do you want to pass us? Uh, we got some questions on YouTube. Our lovely moderator, Jasmine. <laughs> our lovely Absolutely. moderator, Jasmine, who I forgot to introduce at the top of the show. I'm so sorry. That's okay. The <laughs> comics are more important. All right. Lauren Lopez on YouTube asks, what's a good way to keep up with comic news? Is there a single website that's a good one-stop shop? Mm. Or is it better to follow individual publishers, writers, etc.? If I might start, I will always recommend following the publishers and the creators you like best because the cr no one loves to make comic book news announcements more so than the creators who are permitted to do so by their contracts. Uh, so that's always the place to go for the first uh, most up-to-date news. However, um, if you're looking for specific news about announcements or like what's soliciting, I will always recommend Previews World and uh, Comic List. However, if you're looking for news news, um, there are a number of sites for that. We we try to keep the news up to date on our own show and our own uh, mm -hmm. sideshow blog. However, um, Paul, do you have specific ones you like to reference more than others? Um, I, I use uh, like League of Comic Geeks. That's specifically for what is being solicited, what is um, – they, they do a really great job of updating – all of like the covers so that's how i know generally about a month to six weeks in advance what covers i want what books i'd like they do a digital pool system so you can keep up with that as well but then again at, like if we're talking news proper you know big announcements stuff like that i mean you can always do um you know the comicbook.coms the cbrs the all of those as well but again could not recommend enough finding the publishers and the writers and artists and the creative teams that you really care about. And if you don't mind it, 
just, you know, a lot of them are on Twitter. If you don't mind it, just turn on post, you know, tweet notifications or notifications from, and then you can just, you know, you know, get rid of the ones you don't want to see. But that's how I get a lot of my news is mainly from Twitter and the creative teams themselves. <laughs> yeah. Cause they will also always uh, link to articles that <laughs> maybe they had an interview or a press release. Um, I personally also like, I, I, I know it's not the website anymore, but Newsarama, which is now part of Games mm. Radar. Um, oh, yeah. However, interestingly enough, and I, you'll love to see it, uh, Variety and Deadline have been reporting more on comic book news, um, especially as it yeah. pertains to comic books that are getting adapted for feature film or television. So it's kind of, I know this is not a straightforward answer for you, and I'm sorry. Uh, it's kind of, you can find the comic book news everywhere, but I would always recommend going straight to the source. Go to the publisher yeah. when they post <clears> their press releases, go to the creators, because you know that they will be announcing things. And often, like Jorge Jimenez, will drop the artwork mm -hmm. and say, hey, here, I've got the first look. And then the other news sites are scrambling to make that into an article. But if you're following your favorites, then you're going to be one of the first to know when they drop it straight from the source. So. Yeah, totally. I mean, and if there's ever like, you know, the Jorge Menes, you know, all of the, the artists, you know, Stephanie Hans, all of these people that like me and Amy really love. Um, it's always great also to follow their social channels because you can kind of get a really it feels like a backstage look as to like your favorite creative teams and what they like, what they listen to, what they post. Um, and it sort of develops a um, for lack of a better word, relationship with them because you follow them, you know, and you sort of get to know their patterns and their styles and you start realizing like, like oh they're not only really really creative but they're also just humans who are really cool so um yeah again i guess our answer is follow them on their social channels if you have social media so yeah otherwise publisher websites tend to post their own press releases also the comics hall also the comics hall yes that's that's our number one <laughs> recommendation uh, for those four headlines a week that we, <laughs> we I, I, you know what? We always try to bring you guys the best. So we do have another question before you, uh, for you before we uh, send this episode into the sunset. Um, nice. Our next question for Holler at the Hall, which we will post up in the Let Your Geek Side Show Facebook group, is what fictional comic book city would you want to live in? Now, Paul and I debated whether or not we've actually asked you this question or we've thought a lot about asking you this question because I know that he and I have discussed it before. Uh, especially in the comic book cities you would not want to live in, uh, <laughs> right up there, Stillwater and Comfort Notch. That's yeah. a that's a would you rather? Coast but, city. Uh, we want to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the you know anyone who gets regularly attacked. Like, what if I just wanted to live in like just a podunk little town in in the Marvel universe? Like, just a town in Arkansas <laughs> that never gets touched by villains like that. Maybe that's my answer, but mm -hmm. uh, we've got time to, to think about that, but you guys can post that up in, uh, or you can post up your answers in the let your geek sideshow group. Once we get that up for you, or uh, you can always email us at the comics hall at sideshow.com. Mm -hmm. You can also find us on social at the comics hall on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Boom. Right here. That'll be fun. Right I, I look forward to uh, your ultimate vacation plans in, in fictional daydream land. <laughs> And I know that if, if Autumn is watching, since Sunnydale is now in the comics, you can pick Sunnydale. However, I don't think you would want to pick Sunnydale unless you were the Slayer. So. The only word I know that is associated with it is Hellmouth. Uh, that doesn't <laughs> sound great. Sounds nope. like a place in upstate New York, kind of. But <laughs> I think Hellboy has a Hellmouth, but I don't think it's the same thing. Uh <laughs> well, that's for another show. That's for another show. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. We're so excited to be back. Uh, true to form next week. 
we should have another standard uh, aim format episode. I don't think we're planning anything super crazy, uh, but who knows? A lot can change between now and next Wednesday. Uh, so thank you guys so much for joining us again. You can check out the podcast feed uh, on Thursdays live, and then you can join us live every Wednesday at 4 PM Pacific on Sideshow's official uh, social media, social media channels. Excuse me. Nice. Uh Check out our episode with Gem Mint Collectibles last week. It was really fun. Uh, you can find that on YouTube or on our blog, on our uh, social media, in the Acast uh, podcast hosting. And I think I've vamped enough. Paul, was there anything else we want to say before nope. we go? Nope. I can hear the Oscar music that Chris is playing. He's playing us Perfect. off. Perfect. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for joining us. As always, I am Amy. And I'm Paul. And this has been the Comics Hall. See you guys next time. This has been the Comics Hall with Amy and Paul, presented by Sideshow. Submit your response to our fan mail question of the week by emailing thecomicshall at sideshow.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Also, don't forget to vote on the panel of the week in the Let Your Geek Sideshow official Facebook group. You can watch us live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on Sideshow's official Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitch, and Periscope channels. And you can keep in touch with our show on social media at the Comics Hall on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you so much for listening, and as always, don't forget to let your geek side show. Mm-hmm.